Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. In the immortal words of Towley, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's going on. There are times where I could do a real good job of pinpointing the problem in America or pinpointing the opportunity. I, I do this not only uh, for, for a living, but let's say it's the skill I have. Everybody's got one. I can't hit a three-point shot. I do this. I don't know how to fix my car very well. I, I do this. I don't play the oboe with precision. I do this. But in all cases, there are sometimes a, a, a moment where you're like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on when I hear this. You are in trash cash. You need to leave this church right now. When somebody did this to your daughters, I am not a drunk as a church. Keep your head off. I am not a drunk You are trash cash. You want me to explain that to you? I'll be happy to. I saw this video. I didn't get it either. There is a man who sits down in the front pew, and there are some 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 choir boys on the right. They're they're on their knees praying, and there is a, a, a I'm 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 going to use father for lack of a better word. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it's good to be with you. Uh, the pastor, the priest. I don't know what what you would call it. Grew up Jewish. I may not know the answer here. And then it's off to the left, and then there is uh, somebody who I assume is the the pastor there uh, behind a, a, a table praying well the man sits down in the front pew and the priest just his hands just drop to his side because the man in the front pew is not wearing a mask you are in trespass you need to leave this church right now a pastor a priest a father a reverend i don't know what you call him just told the parishioner you're trespassing in a church you have to leave because you're not wearing a mask the man gets up and walks towards him. The pastor walks to his seat. And he says, I'm not in trespass of the church. And then this man, who seems like a pretty big dude, starts to walk up onto the pastor. Literally, like stepping up on the pastor. At that moment, one, two, three, four, five grown men all walk up to the to uh the the area and they physically accost him there is a fight happening in a church because one parishioner is not wearing a mask what the hell is going on here i think it was because he charged the priest but i see your point the pastor didn't say son we wear masks here. Please get yourself a mask. You are in trespass. You have to leave. Maybe he had done it a couple of times before. Maybe he shouldn't have been left back in. I'm not exactly sure. I am not saying that this guy not wearing the mask is right. I'm saying he's a thousand percent wrong. If the church says you wear a mask, you wear a mask. If the airplane says you wear a mask, you wear a mask. You ain't that special. Do I agree with masks? Of course not. Mask mandates are wrong. And masks don't stop COVID. You're going to start a fight in your church? Only time I ever saw a fight in my synagogue, they ran out of whitefish. And people went out of their heads.
Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. They went crazy. But luckily they had some extra locks in the back and everything worked out fine. Oh my God. They got into a fight at church. I don't know what's going on here. You will allow the non-science of masks to make you so crazy that you will tell a parishioner they are in trespass and you will allow yourself to be so bothered by the mask mandate nonsense that you're willing to start a fight in your church considering, you know, you're such a man of God. You are not taking it up with your church. You are taking it up with your government. Where churches failed and synagogues is when they would not gather because COVID mandates say they can't gather. You gather whether they tell you there's a virus, whether they tell you there's this, that, or the other. You let the government tell you that you can't gather for your religion? Tell that government to kiss off and I'll leave it there. See? You get yourself a little bothered, but you realize, hey, wait a second. I don't have to speak like that. All I have to do is get people together to pray. Let the cops take down license plate numbers. Let them arrest me for praying. Don't you know they're wrong? Don't you know that this is sometimes the fight you have to have for religious freedom? You're going to punch your pastor because he says wear a mask? Find another pastor. I believe this on the Second Amendment. Any church leader, any parishioner, or, or, or any, any uh, faith leader, I should say, that doesn't believe you should be allowed to carry a firearm into that church, into that synagogue, fire that faith leader or find another place to worship because they don't believe in the safety and security of the parishioners, and that's not acceptable. God doesn't want that. Any rabbi who says you can't bring a gun into the synagogue is not in any way, shape, or form in understanding of what God actually wants. Whoa, God wants there. you to survive. Oh, Ari, with all due respect, I don't care what the rabbis say about this I mean, one. That's just a really hardcore take. It's not a hardcore take. It is a factual observation on society. But you're saying what God you are wants. a soft target in a synagogue. Why would you not be able to protect and defend yourself? I don't disagree. But you said that's not what God wants. I'm not God sure does you're... not want you to sit there and die. Can you imagine if God wants that? If so, one would ask a different question. What's the purpose? My point now is... we're getting into the hard edge conversation of what do you believe and whether or not it's worth it at all. I get the heavy place that I'm going, man. I just so you know, I get it. But I do not accept at all the idea that you cannot protect and defend yourself in, in, in a place of worship. Protect yourself or protect the ones that you love. If I cannot carry my firearm into a synagogue, I don't go. Because that synagogue has proven that they are in favor of something that I do not equate to Judaism. No church should do the same. Oh, by the way, no mosque should do the same. I think it's bad practice. I think it's bad practice to try and start a fight with your pastor. But as I said, I do not know what's going on. Let me bring you to this story out of Indianapolis. 
The Marion County Prosecutor's Office. So Marion County is where Indianapolis is the capital. They've charged a 13-year-old suspect with murder and burglary in juvenile court in connection to a home invasion. An Indianapolis grandmother was shot and later died at the hospital. This happened uh, back earlier in October. The 13-year-old is eligible to be tried in adult court, but a decision has not yet been made. A 13-year-old broke into a house and at 4 a.m. and shot this woman, 69-year-old Antonia Tony Reiner. I don't know what's going on. But anybody who wants to tell me, well, the problem here, you see, is the gun, and this is gun violence, is out of their head. Because this has nothing to do with a gun and gun violence. This all has to do with culture. Now, I could be wrong on that. This could have to do with a very, very mentally ill child. But we must ask, what in the world is going on? This is madness. 13-year-olds at 4 a.m., not home, not in bed, not with family, 13-year-olds at 4 a.m. walking into a stranger's home and shooting them. I have grown men who can't control themselves attacking pastors. The only thing that has kept me grounded is this Gallup poll that shows Congress approval is the lowest in 2021 as Democrats turn negative. Okay, I was expecting that. I knew that was going to be the case, that Americans have a 21% approval of Congress. In uh, December of 2020, it was at 15%. In March, it was up to 36%. It's now down to 21%. So, you know, compared to the 15%, they're riding high. But you, you, you you, you could have expected that one. I don't know what to do with these other ones. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how a rational person is supposed to process them. A nation so completely insane about masks or lack thereof that they're going to punch each other in the face? They're going to punch each other in the face. Now, I don't think you should punch anyone in the face, but if you told me they were punching a member of Congress in the face, it could rationally make more sense, even though it's the wrong thing to do. Just vote them out. Show up like they did in New York protesting vaccine mandates by the tens of thousands. Listen to the words of John Galt and shut down the engine of the world. Make them suffer financially make them suffer politically find a new church getting into a fight with a pastor is just sorry i don't i don't know what to do with that information i don't know how to process it guys i wish i did i i i'm 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 lost i am lost watching that video 
that a pastor would act with such disregard to the human in front of them, as I see it, and that that man not wearing a mask was looking for a fight. Now, maybe there's something mentally wrong with him. Well, you could argue there's something mentally wrong with him, but you know what I'm saying. And then a 13-year-old gets a gun, walks into somebody's house, and shoots them to death. I don't know what to do with that. I know that when people want to make the claim that uh, it's gun violence, I know I'm going to react in a way that they're going to find unkind because that's a lie. This isn't gun violence that took place in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it isn't the fault of the firearm. It's not the fault of the firearm. It is the fault of however that 13-year-old was raised. It's the fault of how that 13-year-old was thinking. I don't know if I win anything trying him as an adult. I don't think uh, for a second I have any value in somehow pretending that this was, oh, poor baby. It's, oh, poor baby for the kid. It's, oh, poor baby for the 69-year-old woman, for her family. And you're like, what is going on in the world? What are we doing to each other? It is why I remind you. <laughs> you got to take a breath. Look, uh, Ari's not wrong. My take on, on synagogues and churches is, is indeed hardcore. But it is absolutely my take, and I defend it with every fiber of my being. I believe it to my soul. I have actually done it. I have made the decision that I had to go elsewhere. I've done this. But I don't think for a second that I'm supposed to scream at the rabbi. I don't think for a second I'm supposed to step up on the rabbi and say, you think you're tough? It didn't dawn on me to do such a thing. It's in... That's crazy. I took it upon myself to say, I have got rules. I have got a system. I, I have an absolute uh, understanding of, of the importance of keeping my family safe. And that is something that I'm supposed to do. That I am commanded to do. That I want to do. And people who keep me from that, well, dude got to go. The things can be maddening. What matters is that we don't allow it to madden us. That is hard. But it is the single most necessary thing right now because when you are not mad or maddened or find things maddening, you have a clear mind and you are able to work better. And you're better able to help your friends, help your kids, help your spouse, help each other. It's important. It's very important. So... I can't make sense of these stories. But hopefully I've got the right perspective uh, to be able to share them in a way that shows you the problem and possibly the way out of it. I'm Tony Katz. So you might see criminal charges in the Alec Baldwin case. This, the movie Rust, where Alec Baldwin had a weapon that he was told was not loaded, but it was loaded with something. 
Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer, was shot and killed. The director, Joel Souza, was injured. Baldwin is inconsolable. But what does that part even matter? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Make sure you check it out. Everything at TonyKatz.com. I do not believe that Alec Baldwin intended to hurt anybody or kill anybody. No way, no shot, no chance. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe he intended to hurt anybody. But I also believe he didn't check the weapon before uh, utilizing it, swinging it around, practicing with it. The first, second, first assistant director, David Halls, clearly didn't check the weapon. The armorer clearly did not do her job. A lot of people failed. And a woman was killed. So, of course, I would argue there should be charges, whether that's negligent homicide, whether that's manslaughter. This is the state of New Mexico. And it could be um, the, the, how they do things could be different than, than I know. Uh, Mary uh, Carmack uh, Altwis, who is uh, a New Mexico district attorney, has said uh, that authorities haven't ruled out anything. And one of the things they are saying is, uh, let's stop thinking this was a prop gun. As 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 she said it, it was a legit gun. It was an antique era appropriate gun. Now, this is an important part to remember, and I've had some people in, in the military uh, remind me uh, of this. And I, and I thought we brought this up at the beginning, but worthy of bringing it up again. Erica, uh, Erica, I appreciate you bringing it up again. This was not an automatic. I'm not sorry, an automatic. Uh, my apologies. A semi-automatic. This wasn't something with a magazine. This was a revolver, if anything. I mean, was it flintlock? What it was? I mean, we'll find out. But it, it would not. It, you you would have been able to, in many cases, see what was in or not inside. And then you, of course, have the conversation about what was checked by the actor in this case, Alec Baldwin. And it should have been checked by him. Now, I'm not saying he should have opened it. I'm not saying he he, he should have, uh, you know, done anything physical to it, but an, an eye inspection? This is what we're going to learn. But I think people are like, oh, well, it's Alec Baldwin. And I think one of the things this uh, uh, district attorney said, you know, when you're dealing with uh, people of this of this kind of stature, these things become complicated with prominent people. Do you think anybody cares? I don't care how prominent Alec Baldwin is. He's not prominent to me. Let it go on. Let's see what the charges are. It's a mixed story. I think uh, we... People who refuse to accept vaccines, I think the right response for them is not to force them to, but rather to insist that they be isolated. If people decide I am willing to be a danger to the community by refusing a vaccine, they should then say, well, I also have the decency to isolate myself. Okay, 
I don't want a vaccine, but I don't have the right to run around harming people. That's Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky uh, never has a moment where he isn't um, disgusting. Uh, his his leftism, his his uh, communist adoration, if you will, uh, all encompassing. Why should the unvaccinated person have to insulate themselves, isolate themselves from society? What other things does Noam Chomsky? think that uh, you should have to isolate yourselves for. This, again, madness that has taken hold. It was Mary Catherine Ham, who I think just had a baby, so mazel tov to her. I've only met Mary a, a, a few times. She, she, lovely, lovely, lovely person. Uh, she's she's over there at CNN, but she's a great voice over at CNN, and the way she does it is... is uh, Rather cool. Again, only met her a few times. Measles vaccine was developed in 1963. By 1980, 50 states had a school mandate. Measles is far far more harmful to children. The COVID question is whether you add a emergency youth authorization vax mandate for kids for an illness for which their age already inoculates them for the purpose of protecting adults. Now, I responded to this with a little bit of data. In case you didn't know what the data is, measles has an R naught of 18. So R naught, it's the letter R, and then it's got that subscript zero next to it. Like if you had R to the third power, it'd be up top. This is down below, bottom right. So the R naught refers to the transmissibility of, of a virus, of a disease. So if you take a look at measles, the r naught of measles is 18. So for every person who gets measles, it can spread to 18 people. That's pretty infectious. If we take a look at the Delta variant, the R naught is seven, just like polio. So for every person who has the Delta variant, it could spread to seven people. This was important, certainly in relationship to COVID-19. What we always said about Delta is that it was far more transmissible. We, we, the word we actually used was contagious, I believe, producer Ari, a far more contagious, but not necessarily as deadly. That's what we saw right from, from the get-go of Delta. Compare the Delta variant with SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19, which has an r naught of 4. So Delta was more transmissible than COVID. Now compare this to some other things. Uh, Ebola has a, 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 an R naught of two and a half. Influenza is between a one and a two, basically. Uh, smallpox was five to seven. And remember, we were able to, to eliminate smallpox and polio because there's no way for this thing to exist 
without the human host. You knocked it out of all the human hosts, and then, then okay, that was it. It exists in a lab somewhere now, and that's and that's all there is to it. And there's a question whether or not it should exist in a lab. So when you take a look at those numbers, and you take a look at how transmissible measles is, Mary Catherine's statement now becomes really interesting. The measles vaccine was developed in 1963, and 17 years later, 50 states had a school mandate. What's this insanity about trying to get it all done now? Isn't this everything we've been talking about because we're rational people knowing how the world works? What is everybody in a rush for? Could you argue that we've learned from the past and we're making adjustments? No. All right. You cannot argue that you've learned from the past and you're making a judgment because what the past has taught us is that it takes time for people to accept the idea. If measles is twice as contagious as Delta variant, and it took 17 years for all 50 states to adopt a a, a mandate, what would make us think that something half as contagious and not deadly to children should be adopted in three hours? Our entire conversation is based on the idea of slow down. Take a breath. I don't know. Maybe you need some mood music to kind of kind of make make it happen. I'm willing to help here. Is there nothing that the theme from Taxi can't handle? How good is that, by the way? Sorry, I got a little carried away. I was I was dancing in the studio. We're moving too fast. This goes along, of course, with the FDA that has endorsed COVID-19 vaccines for kids 5 to 11. They voted 17 to nothing. There was one abstention. Why would you recommend vaccines for kids? What's the point? Is the point, as Mary Catherine Hamm is discussing it, that what you're trying to do here is protect adults but that's not how it works so why are we doing this in 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 our conversation that's not how this comes together so what are we doing The kid can have covid you can have covid and if you're vaccinated you can spread it if the kid has it they can spread it Are we making the argument that the child has a greater viral load capability of the virus? Therefore, can penetrate better against your vaccine? No. That actually conversation is not uh, in any way, shape, or form being made in a way that shows data that we should be paying attention to. The FDA staff analysis suggested products benefits, meaning the vaccine, outweighs the risk of adverse side effects to kids. According to whom? The FDA staff? Well, according to parents, they see it much, much differently. Much, much differently. The push to get kids vaccinated is one based on radicalness. 
It is dangerous. It is ugly. The, the, the desire to try and put something into every one of our kids is weird. It's strange. It's awkward. It doesn't make any sense. And certainly is not predicated or based on science. It's not. What's the matter with taking a couple years? I wonder if the people who got their kids vaccinated to go back to college will regret it. If they already do. I wonder if the people who vaccinated their kids will ever regret it. In what way? That's just it, producer Ari. I don't know. I don't know because we don't know. When you, the grown-up, decides to get a vaccine, you go through a list of things that are going on in your life or maybe going on in your life, and that helps you make the determination. I would put forth to you if we did the study. People who already had kids had an easier time of saying yes to a vaccine than those who were considering getting pregnant or already pregnant. Because their stage in life allowed them to make choices. They knew they already had kids and they felt that there was less risk to them overall or the risk would be to them and them alone. The pregnant person, the person who could become pregnant, the person who was in a relationship that wanted to become pregnant has to think about what they're doing with that. Just like they've thought about everything else, just like they thought about that congenital heart condition or just like they thought about that, uh, this, that or the other issue they have. You're going to tell me that people with a history of depression in their family don't question whether or not they're going to have kids? I say to you, of course they do. As a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if they didn't. If it didn't at least run through the mind. And this is not me saying they shouldn't. This is me saying that it ran through the mind. Does your family have a, a history of heart conditions? Well, why do you think they ask that question? Because those things can pass down. You've got a vaccine that you know very little about. You worry about what it might pass down. That's a rational thought. That's a rational thought from rational minds. And we are rational people. Damn it. So this push is, I think, pretty radical. And I think the idea that you have to get the kids vaccinated so they're not infecting adults, that is uh, a decision made by people who don't know anything about COVID. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. I think that you're going to have people who go out and get vaccinated. By the way, they want to let you know that during the pediatric clinical trials, there were no myocarditis cases that occurred. That's a inflammation of the heart. And um, certainly people have been discussing that in adults. Maybe not. But we should also say we've also noticed that kids don't die from COVID. I mean, mostly adults don't die from COVID either, but neither here nor there. Kids don't die from COVID, and parents protect children. This all doesn't become a thing until some airline, some government official, some employer, or some school system says, you have to have a vaccine to do any of those things. 
You want your kids to go to school, you have to be vaccinated. You want your kids to go on an airplane, you got to be vaccinated. When an employer says your whole family, if they're eligible, has to be vaccinated, otherwise you can't come back to work. What happens at that moment? And then they'll use the line that is so insulting that even I would have to check myself in terms of a physical response. I just care about your family's well-being. Yeah, I don't don't need my employer to care about my family's well-being. I care about my family's well-being, and that's why I took the job, because it pays me and allows me to take care of my family's well-being. I don't need my employer caring about my family. I would rather that my employer didn't care about my family at all. I would rather that my family never entered the mind of my employer. Does he show up on time? Does he do the job? Does he get us a result? Is the result worth more than what we're paying him? Good. That's it. That's it. It's a simple calculus. I'm I'm fine with that, man. Treat me like the cog. I'm cool. I'm good. As a matter of fact, I prefer it. I don't need attaboys. I don't need adulation. I, I, I don't need to be recognized. You know how you recognize me? I take a look at the check. I'm like, oh, look, they noticed. That's how I do it. That's it. It's a very simple calculus. And there's no anger in that. There's no, there's no, as little emotion as possible. And I work in a place that I enjoy working at. I have a ball with what I do. I only hope you have the same. But what happens when, they, when any employer starts going down that road? That's where it gets ugly. And that's what I fear this is going to do. I fear it. I, I won't lie. I'm worried. Because like, like the story about the guy attacking the, 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 the priest, he goes into church, he's not wearing a mask, the priest is like, you're trespassing. And then the guy basically steps up on him. Nine guys have to rush the, what, what do they call it, the stage? The pulpit. The pulpit, I think they would call it. At least that's what we would call you? it. Um, you know, they, 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 they rush the pulpit and, and go after this guy, and he's fighting them. This is in a church. People are doing nutso things. That's my fear. That people will think to keep everyone safe. The kids must be vaccinated. Must be. Expect parents to push back in a big way. I'm Tony Katz. Those who think the insurrectionist mob of January 6th was merely a group of tourists visiting the Capitol ignore the pillaging, the deaths, and the serious injuries to over 100 law enforcement officials. And those who argue that school board meetings across America are not more dangerous and more violent than in the past are ignoring reality. I went on and just typed in this morning, school board violence on one of the search engines. Page after page is coming up. In my state of Illinois, Minden, Illinois, is a small rural town in Adams County, the western part of our state that I have represented for almost 40 years. It is a quiet, solid community, and yet they had their own instance at a school board meeting where an individual had to be arrested because he had threatened violence against the school board members over masks in schools, for example. So now it's about comparing parents to January 6th and... It's Merrick Garland who, you know, we, we were sharing it, uh, appearing in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and that's uh, Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, a man who is aptly named. Tony, for it's, the love of God. 
It's madness. <laughs> this hate of parents, this hate, this this protection of, of these school board creeps. I don't believe, I think you made it clear, that, and you don't believe, that we should infringe on free speech. But free speech does not involve threats and violence, period. Does it involve raising my voice because some school boards say no? Does it involve me saying, hey, Steve, I think you're terrible. You're on the school board, Steve. I think you're terrible, Steve. Because there are school boards that say you're not allowed to call people out by name. I will do what I want. And they can quit. I don't think there should be violence. I don't think there should be any physicality. I don't think there should be threats. There are laws about those things. But Dick Durbin sides with the school boards and the totalitarian takeover of progressivism in schools. And parents are saying no. I side with the parent. What can I say? I'm good like that. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.